This is your host Shamarna Kalamangalam. This podcast is for all those interested in knowing more about ceramic and porcelain tiles, applications, installations and maintenance. Broadly speaking, the term tiles in construction would refer to glass tile, cement tiles, ceiling tiles, quarry tile, mosaic tile and granite tiles. But today, I'll restrict this podcast to explore and understand ceramic and porcelain tiles only. We will talk about their origin, their differences, applications and a brief understanding on the production process. I'll try clarifying their various types of porcelains available like glazed, unglazed, color body and colorful porcelain. Though porcelain and ceramic are different, they generally refer to as ceramic. Options are plenty when it comes to choosing a floor or wall covering for a commercial or residential application depending on different demands that needs to be addressed. Options include polished concrete, linoleum, vinyl tiles, luxury vinyl tiles, carpet, hardwood, natural stone, ceramics and porcelain for the floors. For the wall tiles, you could use all of the above or some. And of course, you have the wallpaper, which is passe, ceramic and porcelain. And of course, the favorite of contractors when you have to cut down cost is paint. The market today for building material finishes globally is over $362 billion, which includes soft flooring, this carpet, rubber flooring, and vinyl, and hard surface flooring which is ceramic, natural stone, and hardwood. Of this, the market for ceramics is around $130 billion and growing. One must wonder as to what makes ceramic a preferred choice by architects, designers, and end users. Why a ceramic tile? Well, ceramics are not only chosen for its ease of application, its properties, and its aesthetics or for lasting performance, but also for its ability to fulfill the stringent demands of several design concepts, be it the growing interest in resilient design or biophilic design, sustainable design or accessible design. The various technical properties of ceramic and porcelain addresses the demands of the various design concepts. Tech resilient design. The core concept of resilient design as defined by the Resilient Design Institute is the intentional design of buildings, landscapes, communities and regions in order to respond to natural and man-made disasters and disturbances as well as long-term changes resulting from climate change including sea level rise, increased frequency of heat waves, and regional drought. Ceramics are well suited for use in resilient design. Imagine natural calamity like floods. Water that enters a building tends to damage floors, walls, 
and leave behind hard to remove stains. Products that absorb a lot of water tend to uncouple or delaminate from the subfloor. The dampness that sets in once the water recedes leaves room for bad odor and mold to develop. Ceramics are able to address this situation better because of its low water absorption. The tiles do not absorb water and delaminate from the subfloor. Its resistance to stains makes it easier to clean and restore. A well-installed ceramic floor or wall does not give room for mold formation once the water recedes. Its resistance to high flammability makes it suitable when exposed to high temperatures or high frequency of heat waves. With the life cycle analysis of over 50 years, ceramics are an ideal choice in resilient design projects. Use of large windows, lots of sunlight, incorporating natural lighting, ventilation, nature views, and other experiences of natural world into the built environment are some of the hallmarks of biophilic design concepts. The technology today can imitate the look of natural stone or hardwood on ceramics. Its aesthetic nature and the zero VOC makes it a compelling choice when a designer is looking for a suitable finish in a biophilic design project. Sustainability is here to stay and sustainable design demands that products that are being considered meet stringent norms products that have recycled content in their raw material mix, products that help reduce heat island effect and improve indoor air quality are preferred. Ceramics are ideally suited for sustainable projects as their products have recycled content, their use improves indoor air quality and they help in reducing heat island effect. Most ceramics carry a green label like floor score, cradle to cradle or other green certifications fulfilling not only the requirements of DEED, which is North American, but also other international sustainability labels. Accessible design and universal design has been adapted and incorporated in many building projects globally today. One of the main aspects in accessible design is tactile and wayfinding flooring, which is well addressed by ceramics. They meet the rigorous demands of use and safety. The tiles, because of its frost-resistant property, is suitable to be used in an exterior environment as well as in interior space. Porcelain, with its good technical properties, makes it an ideal tile for use in transit platform floors, stairs, washrooms, as well as tactile and wayfinding applications. Its properties of low water absorption, good breaking strength, and high abrasive wear makes it a compelling choice for use in transit and other infrastructure projects. Accessible washrooms and showers demand anti-slip flooring that's functional and easy to maintain. Porcelain tiles are able to meet this demand, thereby making it a preferred choice of architects and designers. Hence you can see as to why ceramics are a preferred choice when considering finishes by the architects designers and end users. Now let's see what's a ceramic tile. A ceramic tile can be defined as a slab of clay and other inorganic materials pressed together and fired at high temperatures. 
The technical definition of ceramics is that it's an inorganic material, a non-metallic solid prepared by the action of heat and subsequent cooling. Ceramic is a very traditional material. The word ceramic comes from Greek word keramos, meaning pottery clay, and has been used by mankind for several thousand years in figurines and pottery. The American Ceramic Society, in the write-up on Brief History of Ceramics and Glass, say that ceramics is one of the most ancient industries going back thousands of years. Once humans discovered that clay could be found in abundance and formed into objects by first mixing with water and then firing, a key industry was born. The oldest known ceramic artifact is dated as early as 28,000 BCE, BCE standing for before common era, during the late Paleolithic period. Spain has a very good museum that documents the history of ceramics in the city of Valencia. If you happen to visit the city of Valencia in Spain, a Mediterranean city with more than 2,000 years of history, situated south of Barcelona on the Mediterranean coast, you will notice that it is the center for ceramics in Spain. A serene city on the coast with beautiful beaches and a relaxed lifestyle. Chevisama, one of the largest ceramic tile shows, is held in Valencia. When in Valencia, please visit this fantastic ceramic museum, the Gonzalez Marti National Museum of Ceramicas. The museum, which is in honor of the Valencia's ceramic industry, is considered the best example of Baroque architecture in Spain. This museum houses the largest national collection of ceramics dating from 18th century to the contemporary period and includes pieces by Picasso. Let's now see what are the various types of ceramics. The two main types are ceramic tiles and porcelain tiles. They are made by mixing of clays by pressing and firing at high temperatures. Let's take ceramic tiles. You would be familiar with ceramic tiles by now as they are very popular in both residential and commercial applications. You can see them applied on kitchen backsplashes, washroom walls, shower walls, and in some cases on floors, especially in older condos where they're not supposed to be used. These are tiles with either bright colors or muted colors or with patterns or images printed digitally. Yes, you can print images digitally on ceramic tiles. I once saw a wall installation which had a digitally printed image of a scene from Jungle Book in one of the kindergarten schools. It was just amazing. The image of Mowgli, Balu, Sher Khan and the rest printed on a 12 by 24 tile and installed on a large wall was sharp and very clear. It gave a whole new feel to the space. Ceramic tiles are available in various shapes and sizes. The most popular are squares and rectangles. They can be as small as a 4 by 4 or larger as 12 by 24 and sometimes much larger. Their use not only enhances the appearance of the space, but also makes it look cleaner and easy to maintain. Ceramic tiles are generally made from red or white clay mixtures. They are finished with a durable glaze, which carries the color and pattern of the finished tile. They are mainly used in wall tile applications. The tiles are softer and easier to cut than porcelain, and they have a water absorption of greater than 10% and are not frost resistant, making it unsuitable for an exterior application. Porcelain tiles. These are very popular in 
widely used in floor applications and occasionally on walls as well. Used in commercial spaces like shopping malls, coffee shops, retail stores, community centers, educational institutions and homes. Tiles that imitate wood or natural stone. The most recent being the vein cut stone imitation on porcelain. A whole lot of options, but way economically priced than natural stone. Porcelain tiles are denser and more durable than ceramic tiles and hence the choice to use them on floors and occasionally on walls. In their brief history on porcelain, the American Society of Ceramics say that the Chinese were the first to introduce high temperature kilns capable of reaching up to 1350 degrees centigrade and around 600 CE developed porcelain, a material with less than 1% porosity from kaolin clay. During the Middle Ages, trade through the Silk Road allowed for the introduction and diffusion of porcelain through Islamic countries first and later in Europe, due in large part to the journeys of Marco Polo. If you are interested to know more about the history of ceramic and porcelain, please read the article, Brief History of Ceramics and Glass, posted on the American Ceramic Society website. Porcelain tiles are much harder and are more wear and damage resistant than ceramic tiles. They have a water absorption of less than 0.5%. They are virtually impervious to wear and are suitable for a wide range of applications, be it in interior or exterior, light traffic or heavy traffic areas. Popular for use in homes or shopping malls, train stations and airport terminals. Porcelain are available in a variety of finishes. Now let's look at the functionality of ceramic and porcelain tiles. To begin with, they are both dimensionally stable. The tiles maintain their shape and do not deform over time. Take the sizes of these tiles today. Variety of sizes. One can get a size from a mosaic of one inch by one inch to almost three and a half meters in length on porcelain tile panels. They come in a lot of color choices, sizes, and have different surfaces. The colors are permanent and do not fade over time. They are UV resistant. They are easy to clean and maintain. You will come across ugly graffiti in public washrooms, more so in train and bus stations. These washrooms are prone to abuse by graffiti, writing or carving. Ceramic and porcelain address this specific need. The tiles are weather resistant. Their frost resistant property makes them suitable for exterior application. You must have seen building cladded with large porcelain panels. They're very popular today and also for their use in inside of buildings. Thick porcelain tiles have found use in landscaping applications. Let's take the functionality of ceramic and porcelain tiles. To begin with, they're both dimensionally stable. The tiles maintain their shape and do not deform over time. Take the size of these tiles today. You can get a size from a mosaic which is one inch by one inch to almost three and a half meters in length in these large porcelain panels. They come in a lot of color choices and have different surfaces. As far as colors go, they are permanent and do not fade over time. The colors are UV resistant. They're easy to maintain and clean. You'd have come across ugly graffiti in public washrooms, more so in train and bus stations. These washrooms are prone to abuse by graffiti writing or carving. Ceramic and porcelain tiles address the specific need. The tiles are weather resistant. Their frost resistant property makes them suitable for exterior application. 
you must have seen buildings cladded with large porcelain panels. They're very popular today, and of course also for their use inside the buildings. Thicker porcelain tiles of 20 millimeters have found their use in landscaping applications. Now, what's the difference between ceramic and porcelain tiles? Let's take the porcelain tile. The main ingredients of a porcelain tile are clay, quartz, kaolin, and feldspar. It has a water absorption which is less than 0.5%. The tiles are suitable for wall and floor applications. They're frost resistant, making them applicable not only for interior but also for exterior applications. The approximate weight per square meter of porcelain tile is 0.032 pounds per square inch, which makes it hard bearing and load bearing. Dimensionally stable. Porcelain tiles are available in a variety of finishes, polished, honed, natural, textured, glazed, and unglazed. Depending on the requirement of space, the user can choose the appropriate finish. More important, porcelains do not emit any volatile organic compounds or VOC. Now let's see the manufacturing process. The various raw materials that include clay, quartz, kaolin, feldspar, and some broken tiles, which form the pre-consumer recycled content and other ingredients, are loaded to mixing mills. Since the raw materials consist of hard materials and soft materials, millstones are used to crush these materials during the mixing process. Water is added to help grinding of hard materials and to get a uniform mix. The ground mix now has a liquid consistency. This mix is stored in underground pits to be pumped to the spraying towers or balloon towers. These large towers look like balloons fastened to the ground. The material is blown into the tower from below by means of nozzles to provide an atomized spray of the mixture into the air. Hot air is blown into the tower from above at a temperature of 440 degrees Celsius. Granules with a moisture content of 5% are formed on account of rapid evaporation. As they fall, they are collected in a conveyor and transported to be poured into molds. The granules in the molds are pressed at around 5800 pounds per square inch by heavy-duty hydraulic presses, which helps them to be tightly compacted. The mixture that comes out of the presses is then loaded onto ceramic rollers to be sent for firing in a tunnel kiln. The mix mounted on the ceramic rollers keep moving during the firing process through the 300 meters long kiln. The temperatures vary inside the kiln. The heating and cooling process in the kiln makes some profound changes to the mix. The temperature at the entrance is normal. As the mix moves through the kiln, the temperature increases and reaches 2200 degree Fahrenheit. This is the temperature where the various particles fuse. This cementing process of various ingredients is called sintering. It changes the mix from this soft, fragile substance to a rock-hard, dense, impervious tile. This is the stage where the mix becomes a porcelain tile. As the tile exits the kiln, the temperature cools down to normal temperature, and you have a single-fired, single-pressed porcelain tile. On completion of the firing process, the tiles go through the sorting process. Here they pass through a pressure roller where poor quality tiles are broken by the pressure exerted by the roller and collected to be sent for recycling. Good quality tiles produced by this procedure are stronger, durable and are of high quality are packed and shipped out to customers. The rejected tiles are recycled by adding them to the raw material mix.
porcelain tiles thus produced are available in two different tile edges. One is the rectified tile edge and the other is a beveled edge or a soft edge. Non-rectified tiles have the beveled or soft edge. These are tiles that come out of the firing process, go through the quality checks and are packed and shipped. You will know the tiles used on the floor are non-rectified when you see wider grout joints or when you hear wheels of grocery carts make click-clack sounds when they move over these grout joints. Whereas rectified tiles give a cleaner installation and tighter grout joints. Rectification is a process where the tile edges are ground to give a square edge using diamond tip tools and cooled with water. Now let's see the ceramic tile. A ceramic tile is a mixture of clay, silica, feldspar, milestone, and an application of glaze on top for bright colors. Ceramic glaze is an impervious layer or coating of a vitreous substance generally made of silica which has been fused to a ceramic body through firing process. Glaze can serve to color, provide a gloss, decorate, or waterproof an item. Ceramic tiles are either single-fired, known as monocotura, or double-fired, bicotura. They are produced in a red-body clay or a white-body clay. Ceramic tiles are suitable only for interior applications as they are not frostproof. The water absorption is over 10% for the body and 0% on the tile. The tiles might pop out if used in an exterior application because of its high water absorption. The glaze on top is like gloss and does not absorb almost anything to its surface. Hence, it's easy to clean and maintain. This makes it an ideal application for backsplashes in kitchens, walls in showers and washrooms. The ceramic tile clay is soft when compared to porcelain tiles. The weight of a square meter of ceramic tile is 0.014 pounds per square inch. Hence, they are suitable for wall application only and tend to fail when used for floors. They are dimensionally stable and the colors are UV resistant. They do not emit any VOC. They are available as bright glaze, matte glaze and in some textured glaze for special applications. The tiles are generally produced in a double firing process. The process is very similar to production of porcelain tiles but varies in the number of times they are fired. The clay with all its ingredients is mixed in large mixer mills. Water is added to the mixing of clay. The mix is stored in underground pits. This is then pumped from the underground pits into the spraying towers or balloon towers. The material is blown from below by means of nozzles, which provide an atomized spray of the mixture into the air. Hot air is blown into the tower from above at a temperature of 440 degrees Celsius. Granules are formed on account of the rapid evaporation. The granules retain a moisture content of 5%. These granules are collected in a conveyor and transported to be poured into molds. The granules are then pressed by heavy-duty hydraulic presses at 2,900 pounds per square inch. The resulting biscuit, as they referred, forms the base of the ceramic tile. The firing process is very similar to the firing process of porcelain tiles. The biscuits are loaded onto ceramic rollers and they enter the kiln where they keep moving during the complete firing process. The biscuit is fired at 2100 degree Fahrenheit where the ingredient is fused to form the ceramic tile base. The biscuit cools down to normal temperature as it exits the kiln. It's now ready for glazing. Typically, factories use the waterfall technique when they apply glaze over a ceramic biscuit. 
This reminds me of how glazed donuts are made. If you happen to see how a glazed donut is made, you will see that its process is very similar to making of glazed ceramic tile. I recall visiting Krispy Kreme outlets where one could watch making of the donuts right from mixing of the dough to donuts being packed. Only a glass wall separated us and the donut machines. The dough was mixed and poured to form donuts. It was then fried. After frying, it was passed under the machine that would pour glaze like a waterfall. Hence the name waterfall glaze. The application of glaze is almost similar on ceramic biscuits. This process lets the glaze flow smoothly and evenly over the ceramic biscuit. Once the glaze is applied, the tiles are fired a second time in a tunnel kiln at 1900 degree Fahrenheit for a fixed period of time. Hence the name bicotura or double firing. After the firing and cooling process in the tunnel, out comes a fully fired and glazed ceramic tile. The tiles go through a sorting process and stringent quality control to check for evenness of the glaze, absence of pinholes and desired thickness of the glaze. Tiles that pass quality control tests are ready to be packed and shipped to customers. The rejected tiles are sent for recycling as part of the pre-consumer recycle content. Well, that sums up the production process of porcelain and ceramic tiles. So far, we've seen a brief history of ceramics, their functionality, basic differences, and their manufacturing process. We will now see the types of porcelain and ceramic tiles that are available. The nomenclatures can be quite confusing. Unglazed porcelain, glazed porcelain, full body, color through, color body, etc. To understand their types, one has to briefly understand the production process. Let's take porcelain tiles. Porcelain tiles can be classified on the way they're produced as unglazed porcelain tiles and glazed porcelain tiles. Let's take the unglazed porcelain. As the name goes, unglazed porcelain tiles do not have any glaze on them. They're just a porcelain tile in one color and design that's pressed and fired. The appearance of the tile is same on the top as well as the full body. A nice example of a unglazed porcelain is the speckled tile. The color and design of the tile is consistent from top through the body of the tile. This is a full body porcelain. This is also referred as color through porcelain. This is single pressed, single fired, unglazed porcelain tile. The unglazed tiles can also be polished to provide a polished surface finish. Keep in mind that the polishing process opens up the pores on the surface. Hence, polished tiles need to be sealed to avoid staining. The sealing process needs to be done at regular intervals or as advised by the sealer manufacturer. The unglazed porcelain tiles can also be produced by another process called the double loading process. This is also a dry press method. The top layer clay, which is porcelain, is poured over the bottom layer clay, which is also a porcelain tile clay. The top layer is mostly for color and other aesthetic properties. Both the clays are pressed together at high temperatures and fired to produce a single-pressed, single-fired, unglazed porcelain tile. The top and bottom layer become inseparable as they become one entity during the manufacturing process. Since the clay is loaded to the mold twice, it's called double loading. 
factories produce tiles in this method for a variety of reasons. For one, they're able to have two different water absorption levels, one for the top layer and one for the base. The low water absorption on top helps for easier maintenance, and the slightly higher water absorption on the base layer helps for better addition to the subfloor. Producing tiles in this method also helps to use the pre-consumer recycled content in the base layer. You're able to achieve much higher resistance to abrasion on the top layer. Finally, you are able to have much better dimensional consistencies when tiles are produced in the double-loaded method. Tiles produced in this method are durable and have high performance ratings for use in high-trophic areas. Advanced technology today makes it possible to polish the top layer. Let's look at the glazed porcelain or the digital porcelain tile. This is the most popular and widely used type of porcelain tiles. The wood or natural stone imitation on porcelain tiles are very popular in glazed porcelain tiles. To imitate the look of a natural stone or wood on porcelain tiles, a glaze is applied on the body of porcelain after it is pressed but before it's fired. A glaze is an impervious layer or coating of a vitreous substance which has been fused to your body through firing. Glaze can serve to color, decorate or waterproof an item. The porcelain tile is fired after the application of the glaze. The glaze can be glossy to give it a polished look or matte to give it a natural look. It can even be textured to give it a non-slip finish. The inkjet technology today has taken the glazing process to an entirely different level. The high-resolution images that are close to 1000 dpi provide an in-depth clarity with absolutely no pixelation. Huge graphic variations close to 40 to 60 variations or even more can be achieved. The image can be of natural stone or any other surface. Stone imitations of vein cut and crosscut are very popular and so is wood. The image clarity is so good that one can mistake them for the real product. The glazes are more vibrant, stronger and are able to address various foot traffic requirements. Irrespective of the type of glaze applied on the top of digital or glazed porcelain tiles, the pattern or image is restricted to the top of the tile only. Usually the color of the body of the tile matches the color of the top glaze. This type of tile is known as color body porcelain. But keep in mind that the pattern or image on top does not go through the full body of the tile. If the top wears or chips, the color of the body is seen without the pattern. This is the popular glaze or digital porcelain. Hopefully, that should clarify the differences to you in various types of porcelain tiles. And now let's see the type of ceramic tile. Ceramic tiles are available as bright and matte gloss tiles. The glazes applied can be bright or muted colors. Images can be digitally printed on top of the glazes, but suitable only for wall applications. Well, with that, we have seen a brief history of ceramics, the differences between ceramic and porcelain tile, their manufacturing process, their types, 
and applications in this podcast. That's it till today. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Shamana Kalamangala. The show theme music is by Kevin MacLeod. If I missed anything or if you'd like to know more, please email me at info at tiletalk.ca. Please visit my website, tiletalk.ca, for previous and latest episodes. You can also send me a message when you're on my website. Please subscribe to the feed and get the latest episodes on your favorite podcast player of choice. Or you can listen to me on Podbean. Thank you for listening and join me for future episodes on Tiletalk. Thank you.